Hello, and welcome to the Food Freedom Body Love Podcast. I'm Dr. Jillian Murphy, a licensed registered doctor of naturopathic medicine and the creator of the Food Freedom Body Love Method, a system for helping both adults and children make peace with their bodies, weight, and relationship with food so they can pursue health in the most relaxed and enjoyable way. Hello and welcome to day 15 of the 85-day mini-sode experiment. I'm Jillian Murphy, a naturopath and the creator of the Food Freedom Body Love Method, a program to help adults and children make peace with food, grow appropriately for their genetic blueprint if they're children, um, and live happily and healthy, healthily at whatever weight and in whatever body they are in. Um... So I'm coming at you really late today. It's 8.51 p.m. Um, it was, it's just been a super intense day. And the next couple of days are going to be the same. So you might find that I'm putting out some shorter episodes. I am trying to get my children ready for this huge musical production of Mary Poppins they are putting on tomorrow. So we were at dress rehearsals all morning and then squeezing in work in the afternoon and then dinner and three hours of dance for all of us. And so we're just getting home. But I did want to talk about BMI and teens today. And I didn't want to miss this or let it go. It's it's a super interesting topic. I've mentioned it before, but it's a pretty sensitive age group because it is a time in many people's lives when they remember their bodies being, if it hasn't already happened, it's the time when their bodies are pathologized or when... They're basically told that their bodies are wrong or they have a realization for whatever reason that their bodies are wrong. And for sure, it's because there's this, you know, awkward puberty thing happening, but it also has a lot to do with the way that weight is put on and the way that height, like growth and height happens. And for many people, this is the period of time where parents begin to get very anxious about the weight of their children because it can be a little bit erratic for a while. And it's at this point when they feel concerned that they have this impulse to interfere and begin to restrict. And what we know is that what restricting does is actually make children more food preoccupied and makes them put on weight, not take it off. Um, And not pathologizing any kind of body here, like If you're genetically supposed to be in a body of whatever XYZ size, cool. Um, And I'm happy to talk about, maybe I'll do just an episode on, on BMI, basically. But the bottom line is that the BMIs that we push overall are too low. And so there are lots of people who are in bigger bodies. Like I myself am am bordering on quite literally bordering on bordering on obese at my weight and height. And I eat great and I exercise every day and I'm, my blood works all good and I'm not at risk for any health issues. And so I fall absolutely into a category of someone who's categorized or pathologized inappropriately. And so that's something that happens for sure with bodies. But what I'm talking about is um, different than that. So not just talking about, you know, someone who's genetically supposed to be in a certain size of body but someone whose body is defined as wrong when it isn't. And then there is an intervention and the intervention in our culture is to restrict food and or 
push exercise. And again, what we know about that is when we try to unnaturally force weight down, what we often, not always, but often see is that we unnaturally end up with weight that's higher than it maybe would have been. So again, not pathologizing any kind of body. People show up in all sizes and shapes naturally. But what I'm talking about or what I want to talk a little bit about in this episode are those moments or one of those key moments in a child's life when their body is defined as wrong, when parents and health professionals get anxious about a child's growth and development and intervene inappropriately and that intervening doesn't help it actually makes everything worse whether it forces weight up or it just results in a child who feels bad in their body or who becomes um, preoccupied with food there's all kinds of negative outcomes that can come from interfering inappropriately with a child's growth. So what I want to do is just read to you a little bit from a study that was put out in April of 2015 in the American Journal of Public Health. And I just want to read a little excerpt about growth in preteens and teens. And then I'll try to break it down a little bit. So it's a little bit, I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not a statistician or a research expert, um, but I'll try to break it down as well as I can so that it's sort of English and understandable so that we can understand why BMI in specific age groups can really fail kids and set them up um, for an intervention that will not be helpful and will result in collateral damage. Let's talk about it. Okay, so the paper that I'm going to read to you is called Integrating Fundamental Concepts of Obesity and Eating Disorders. Implications for the Obesity Epidemic. It was written by Anne McPherson Sanchez, and again, it was published in the American Journal of Public Health. Right off the top, I'm going to say I don't like the word obesity, but it is a word that is used and understood in the research, and so it will pop up um, when I'm talking about research because that's the word that they use. Um, this paper is great. And actually over the course of these 85 days, I'm, I will likely come back to it a couple of times because it covers so many really interesting topics. But for today, we're talking about BMI um, in children, specifically, you know, from birth to 20 years and more specifically in that kind of like preteen teen range. So here is the excerpt. The BMI cutoffs for underweight, normal weight, overweight, and obesity for children are based on cross-sectional analysis of children from birth to 20 years. However, longitudinally, weight increase precedes height increase. The age at which peak weight or height velocity occurs, the amplitude of that velocity, and the duration of the growth spurt all vary in distinct ways among individuals. Because of this, Tanner, a renowned authority on human growth, concluded that there can be no satisfactory weight for height standards 
between the ages of 7 to 18 years for girls or 9 to 20 years for boys. Okay, so blah, blah, blah. What does that mean? (laughs) English, s'il vous plaît. So basically what it means is that the BMI standards that we currently use to decide whether children are at the correct weight or not are based on cross-sectional analysis. And cross-sectional analysis is when we take a snapshot in time of a certain population. So we get like just a moment in time of that population. And then we do, we take these little snapshots and we create a BMI scale based on these little moments in time of that population. The issue with doing that with children is that snapshots don't give us the correct information of what's really happening. And that is because growth with children, especially between the ages of 7 to 18 years for girls and 9 to 20 years for boys is so erratic. And so it would be smarter to look at longitudinal information. Longitudinal information is when we look at more at the individuals within the target population and we follow them and we begin to see a series or a sequence of events with those individuals. And what we see with children, like I said just a second ago, is that when we follow children and we don't just look at snapshots in time, but we actually follow them, what we see is the sequence or the series of events when it comes to weight and height are all over the place for children. So often what happens is they put on weight before they get taller. So there'll be a period of time where weight goes up and height staying the same. If you took a snapshot at that time, your cross-sectional analysis would give you bad information. The other thing is that it's unclear as to when the speed of growth is at its peak. We can't really know that. It's different in each kid. And the duration of the growth spurt, so how long that high velocity growth is happening, is different from kid to kid. And so again, if you're just taking these snapshots, looking at your target population, say it's you know girls at age 12, you could be taking snapshots and they could all be in different phases. And so it will skew the weight height curve for those girls. And it's very easy to inappropriately put a child in the wrong category. And so again, what Tanner, a human growth authority concluded is that within these age groups, there is no satisfactory weight for height standard. BMI is not helpful or useful because you are much more likely to pathologize or define a body as wrong than you are to define it correctly. And again, what pours out of that is that parents get worried, health professionals get worried, they think growth is off, and they encourage intervention. And what we know about intervention is that it sets kids up to have a problematic relationship with food a problematic relationship with their body, and more often than not, unnaturally trying to force their weight down actually results in weight going up unnaturally. 
So I think that that is super interesting, especially if you are someone who was told at some point in your life that your body was wrong. I know that that definitely happened to me in the doctor's office. And or if you have children and they're between these ages, um, you know, you just want to make sure that if you go into the doctor's office and BMI is done, you understand that you can take it with a grain of salt. And it doesn't mean that you totally have to dismiss. If you're worried that weight is faltering, so if your child is dropping off rapidly, or if you're worried that weight is accelerating for some reason, inappropriately and rapidly. But what you want to do is look at more of a whole picture. So you want to be looking at your individual child as opposed to just comparing them to the growth chart and saying like, yeah, that makes sense or no. Like, no, you want to look at your child's growth overall. You want to be looking at what else is happening in the child's life. What is the structure with eating? Are Is there stress? Are there things psychosocially happening in the child's life that could be affecting things? What are their eating patterns like? Like You want to look at the whole story. Are they moving? What's your genetic blueprint? Do they seem to be following a pattern that you followed, right? Like we know that weight is highly genetically linked. And so um, it's really just about understanding that you want to take a look at the whole picture before you make any rash judgments or jump in to intervene. And again, Even if you feel like you need to intervene, what you really want to do is fall back on that Ellen Satter's division of responsibility, not fall into diet-like behavior where you're encouraging restriction of foods and pushing of exercise. And if you're not familiar with the Ellen Satter division of responsibility, um, you can go back and listen to my, my kids series. Um, or you can call me and make an appointment. I always say call me, (laughs) but what I really mean is email me hello at foodfreedombodylove.com. So this episode is brought to you by children we know and love and want to care for properly. And my one-on-one food freedom, body love method coaching. I have new programs coming out probably, hopefully in the next week where I'm going to have different um, levels of coaching programs for people depending on where you're at with food and exercise and lots of options for sessions for children. So stay tuned for that and you can check out what I do have available at www.foodfreedombodylove.com. Until tomorrow, have a great night and talk to you soon. Thank you.